down your unders. Down your unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another Index Review. Episode 150. I have no freaking idea at this point. I have recorded so many of these part ones and part twos of different ones in different orders all over the freaking place. I am joined by one of the, uh, dare I say, youngest professional 40K players in the world. Well, that might be that That's might be a big call. It is, yeah. There's not that many contenders. I don't know how old Lennon was when he started, but he'd be the only contender, I think. He was but, definitely younger than me when he started, but he is about six months older than me. So <laughs> that means, I guess. <laughs> Suck it, John. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. What are they called? What what do they call kings? Is was a king in Scotland just a king or was it a thane or because I that think that was been a king, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it depends how far back you want to go, right? So if you go back to like the actual like royal lineages, yeah, king. Just a king, right? Yeah, yeah. There's no specific name for a Scottish king. No, we just name we name like all we name is like different words for like lakes and things like that. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, people or whatever. Yeah, fair. So there's no like boy king of yeah. Never mind. <laughs> there's no better boy king moniker is where I was going with that, and it went nowhere. But hey, it's Ines Wilson, everybody! Yay! Uh, and we are uh, here. People hadn't figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't read the title and you hear Ines's name, you know that there can only be like a handful of possible indexes that we're reviewing right now. And uh, we, uh, we're doing the Cults of the Forearmed Emperor. Could be, you know why? Because they are one of the best factions in the game. They have possibly the strongest detachment rules, uh, army faction rules that we have seen ever. And they need to be unpacked at a very high level to that end. I reached over and my good mate, the Scottish WTC captain, was like, you know what, let's come on. But you don't only do that, mate. You've got some other things you can plug. Yeah, absolutely. So, two main things I do on top of the Team Scotland stuff, which obviously is most of my commitment to 40k is through Team Scotland. Uh, I also uh, work with StatCheck, so we do um, a live show every Tuesday, and we do a bunch of other stuff, uh, like evil rankings for the wider 40k scene, and um, articles, and uh, a bunch of shows, uh, whether that's covering team events or being very good at 40k while having other commitments. That's our, uh, our project project. We've been coming up for a year of doing that now. I also, through that, now do full-time coaching. So if you're interested in that, do check out the website at stat-check.com. Uh, please do go over and support StatCheck. They do incredibly good works. Cannot wait to see um, them continue to go from strength to strength. And we'd be very excited to see where you guys are at in a couple of years from now, you know, having started and been doing what you're doing for an entirety of an edition rather than, you know, starting kind of halfway through as you did with Knights. Yeah, for sure. We're very yeah. excited for all of the, um, the tracking and things like that for... Oh. Faction strength, ELO, um, mm. player population, all that kind of thing that Jeremy and uh, Cliff and Nathan do an incredible job on. We're super excited to see how all of that comes together. Uh, we're looking at getting resets done on all the um, like the CRS and yep. ELO so people can keep track of how well they're doing relate- relative to other players. Uh, it does a good job of showing like international competition in a better way than ITC does. So we're a big fan of uh, all the things that open up for us with a, a hard reset. Absolutely. So, uh, for those who do not know, Art of War Down Under is a two-part podcast. Predominantly, we are a review podcast, so whenever there is new content to be reviewed for the great game of Warhammer 40k, we will be reviewing it from the highest level we possibly can on this show. That being me, the sloppy Adam Camilleri, joined by whatever sharp-minded, three-headed expert I can pull on. And then we'll be dissecting all the new rules for said faction, as deep and as thick and as juicy as we can get it. Uh, We are a competitive podcast, you know, part of the Art of War network, and 
And uh, if you want the second part of this podcast, you can go over Art of War down under over on Patreon. That's the only way to get part two, where the lovely Inez and myself will be writing some GSC lists and pretty much talking exclusively about our um, experiences with 10th edition so far and how GSC shapes up in this meta, what's good about it, bad about it, what it works against, what it doesn't work against, etc., etc. Um, so if you want that, yeah, Art of War down under over on Patreon. So let's jump over to this index, mate. And we need your hot takes and first impressions. So first time you went through this index, uh, top to bottom, what did you think? Okay, so top to bottom, first time you read this index, you start with, obviously, Call Ambush, which we saw on the previews. And you read it and you go, oh my god, I'm just going to run all the Battleline stuff. It <laughs> yeah. um, and do you know what? It turns out playing 4,000 points in a 2,000-point game is quite good in general. Um you know, I, I would generally go as far as to say that that's fairly strong. We've mm-hmm. seen a lot of iterations of free stuff over the years, whether that's Gladius Strike Force and War Convocation in 7th edition to Pox Farm in 8th edition. Um, there's been loads of examples of just getting free stuff being those, or even, even small yeah. lines in Terranids in 9th edition, right? Having extra stuff you didn't pay for is quite good. Um, absolutely. And Gene Circles absolutely take that to the nth degree. On a 4-up, every time one of your units dies, or infantry units on a 4-up, you get it back. And then if it's battle line, it's guaranteed because you add food to that wall. Uh, battle line in this codex being um, acolytes and neophyte hybrids. So yep. the sort of bread and butter of the army, the stuff that you were taking all the time in mirror cultists anyway. And then there's a few other things, so sort of like the bikes and the neophytes and the aberrants mm. that will come back on a four-up. So you've you know certainly got a chance of getting them back, but you're going to always bank on that failing, which definitely leads you down the line when you're reading this codex of going, how do I make this battle line do yeah. what I want it to do? Yeah, exactly right. And there is, whilst there aren't a huge amount of data sheets, there is a lot of flexibility therein. And we have found that a lot of units um, are not very impressive on face value, but go to go to levels and then levels and levels when you find the right characters to put with them. And when ostensibly like over a third of your data sheets of characters, you can usually find some juice when you need it, right? <laughs> some flexibility. Yeah, for sure. It definitely, there are a ton of characters in this codex, so there are, uh, I, I think it's 13, um, two of them are lone operatives, and then three of them are sort of like HQ level characters from the previous book, so that's the Primus, the the Primus, the Magus, and the Icon Ward, and yep. they, all have a, they all have a special rule that combines with the um, the other set of characters, which is, if there is one of those in the unit, you can put one of the like lesser characters in as well, um, so you get things like the um, the Nexos, the Clamovus, and the biofagus that can all join in alongside your other characters, which definitely gives you a lot of flexibility in terms of making your units. The one thing you do have to be careful with with that is that the cult ambush rule does not bring characters back. Correct. So if your character dead, it stays dead. So you do have a little bit of tension there in that, yes, it's great that you can get your units killed and you only suffer like a timing penalty for that and that your unit's going to be gone for a turn. Um, you will not get the characters back. And the characters are a big source of buffs. So it definitely does create a little bit of a... Dimension returns. It's kind of like... Yeah, it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, not something you should be playing for, is kind of how we've landed up with. So that's yeah. something more we'll get into as we go through um, Agreed. later stuff. Well, let's jump but into yeah, definitely Col- on first week. Yeah. Let's jump in on Cult Ambush. It pretty much says, like you said, if factions genes to the cult each time a unit with its ability is destroyed, roll a d6, adding three to the result of your battle line unit on a 4+. plus. Um, you, that unit is played into Cult Ambush, and you can add one, sorry, place one Cult Ambush marker anywhere on the battlefield that's more than nine horizontally away from any enemy units. If it's not po- possible, no marker is placed. And so, Four plus for just about every unit of G Steel Cult's army, two, adding three to results, so you can't fail on the battle line unit, like Inez said. If an enemy model 
ends any kind of move within nine of a cult ambush marker you place, that cult ambush marker is removed from the battlefield. At the end of the reinforcement step, your opponent's movement phase for each of your cult ambush markers that is still on the battlefield, you can select one unit from your army that is in cult ambush and set that destroyed unit back up on the battlefield using the deep strike ability, containing all of its models with their full range remaining, with at least one of those models touching the cult ambush marker, etc. removed, etc. etc. Then it goes on to say that the characters don't come back. Are you able to give us a little TLDR logistically of how this looks on the table? Like, so... What happens? My model, my last model in my unit is dead. What then happens? What's the sequence of events? Yeah. So the very basic sequence is you lose your last last model from a, a unit that has this ability. So that's all of the basically all of the infantry and the bikes, um, accepting characters. You get to put down one of the little ambush tokens that you would have used for like the um, deployment rules in Gene Circles in previous editions. They then go down anywhere on the board that's outside nine of your opponents. So sort of standard deep strike rules, you keep striking a token rather than a unit, and then. Your opponent then gets one basically full turn sequence, depending on when it died. So if you know if you killed it in the shooting phase, they would then have their charge phase, their your full turn and their movement phase to get to try and get to within nine of that blip. If they can yep. get within nine of that blip, that blip is removed. Um, and then you know one of the units that you had in Columbus is now stranded, can't ever be placed. Um, and then if they don't successfully do that, then at the end of your opponent's movement phase, so before the shooting phase, so they, you know. You have a little bit of options, like you know where they've committed to being, you know what they've got from reserve and all that kind of thing. You mm-hmm. then get to deep strike your unit with one model minimum touching that squad or touching that marker, following standard deep strike. So if you want to do, you know, long coherency chains to, you know, put the, you know, you have a twenty man neophyte squad with four seismic cannons, you want the four seismic cannons to be thirty inches away, yep. you can make that happen. So there's a lot of um, little nuance to that. Mm. Um, a lot of it ends up being like this mini game of how far away can you safely put a marker before yep. your opponent um, can get to it, and then how relevant will it be there? And then you kind of have this interesting tension where, yeah. you know, maybe you put it in a slightly more aggressive place to try and forge your opponent somewhere. There are a couple of mechanics that allow you to move them. So the Nexos and the Icon Ward will have, one has a movability, and one has a once-per-game redeploy it if, you get, if it gets killed. Yep. Um, so there's a couple of little ways to mess with it that way. But broadly, it's, you know, if, you can, if your opponent can't get to it, you just get your unit back. That, that's the very basic. And with the deep strike mechanics, you can often still have it somewhere relevant, even if you mm-hmm. did put it somewhere fairly safe, as long as it's a large enough squad. Correct. And so, um, theoretically speaking, should a unit get stranded uh, without a marker to come down on, um, is it destroyed that turn, or can it wait for another marker to be used? So it can or... wait for another marker. The, yep. all te- in theory, all of your units go into, at that point, cult ambush, or they yep. go into, yep. I don't actually know what the word is, I think it's just called cult ambush, and they go into a pool, um, and it basically says, anytime that you would reveal a blip at the end of your opponent's movement phase, any of the units that's in sort of like your pool yep. can come down. So you might, you know, your opponent kills four blips on the turn and you and you, you had four units that were dead. That's fine. If you then get another blip later, yep. one of those units that was part of the fourth could Perfect. be the one that comes down. There's no timing restriction on being that turn. Units aren't associated with blips, aren't associated with turns. So you have a lot of control over that. It's often a good reason to have some smaller units, like five-man mm-hmm. acolyte squads, ten-man neophyte squads. So that if you do, you know, have a unit that gets stranded, you can get a few blips and then, you know, have a good chance of getting one of them back. So it does infer, inform your list building a little bit in that sense as well. And so whilst this is an extremely powerful ability, it's actually quite nuanced in its application. Like you can get really technical with this. It, 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 like you said, the best way to, th- to do it after some games, I think we've found out, is to not go and get your stuff killed because then you open yourself up to just having your blips turned off and your opponent has some agency. Whereas if you always hold the threat of the blips, 
things just get spicy. Like you said, you can pull people away. You can force people into trades and all sorts of other crazy crap. Um, I, would yeah, like to exactly. say, I would like to say a caveat at this time that we were recording this before any day one FAQs have come out. The Leviathan box uh, has just come out, but as of this right now, hasn't been any day one FAQs. Should any of this stuff changed, we do apologize. Should it be any different to the applications for a GT pack or anything like that in the future? Yeah, I would fully um, not be surprised if they like changed it so that you had the deep strikes within a radius of the correct. Would be one correct. that I think would be a very uh, reasonable change. I have seen some wild stuff happen with those blips, man. And uh, Look, whilst- just because your squad can go fifty-four <laughs> inches away from the blip doesn't mean it's a problem. Doesn't mean it's uh, broken mechanic, Adam. It's fair, fair and reasonable. <laughs> incredibly, I definitely don't play in circles. Don't worry about it. No. All right, uh, Brew Brothers, uh, the rule sits adjacent here, pretty much just denoting that if you play Gene Stiller Colts, you can take an X amount of Astromilla Time units in your army, denoted by if you're playing Incursion Strike Force Onslaught. We, in this show, and most competitive games, will be talking about Strike Force missions of 2,000 points. You can take up to a quarter of your army, 500 points, as Astromilla Time. Um, no Astromilla Time models in that portion of your army can be the Warlord, um, and they cannot be given enhancements. You cannot include units with any of the following keywords in your army using these rules epic hero ogren rattling militarum tempestus commissar regimental preacher regimental engineer servitors or aircraft do brood brothers come up as something you w- might want in your gene steel cost list yeah there's definitely a couple of applications um anybody who's read the guard index will probably know the exact application i'm absolutely referring, which is indirect um indirect is always going to be powerful in a game where there are lots of walls uh, how powerful is up to debate but right now, uh, it's definitely quite strong given the new um, the new version of the indirect penalty, uh, which guard have a ton of ways to ignore, especially mm-hmm. given all the new four draw data sheets, which have definitely added. So there's a fair few data sheets from the four draw side of things that are definitely interesting. Things like the Praetor, the Archshaker carriages, the Medusa batteries, and then like the Manticore. And then you can back that up with sort of scout sentinels, which do a good job of giving you possible to hit, give you some like reasonable scout forward options. But it's nothing super. It's not super necessary. It definitely does help, but it draws away from the core of the army, which is the things that keep going back. So you exactly do, right. there's a bit of tension there. But it's definitely yep. something that you could consider. Any well, with indirect being so powerful right now, you know, sans, of course, FAQs and stuff like that, I think it's a legitimate option. Like, usually, I mean, last edition wasn't didn't even touch the sides. Didn't get a look in. Was no point. This edition, there are some legitimate things here I think you can add to your list. Uh, funnily enough, like, don't think you want any of the actual battle tanks. Like, I can't see a Lehman Russ adding much to the GSC army. It plays so differently to how the rest of the army wants to play, right? Yeah, exactly. The um, the Manticores and sort of all the indirect batteries give you this nice little stable platform of mm. it's fairly hard for your opponent to get there, which can give you some blip protection, which is quite nice. Whereas the yes. battle tanks are a little more, like, they need to be in line of sight uh, yeah. in order to do anything. And being in line of sight in the Gene Silk army usually means death because not a lot else is getting shot. Because yeah. it's either fragile infantry models that are dead anyway or untargetable for whatever reason. And adding a hard target for your opponent's army is usually not optimal. Um, Correct. It just, again, creates this awkward tension in your list building. I could maybe see it if there was sort of a detachment down the line that encouraged more heavily things like the Goliath yep. trucks uh, yep. and the Goliath Rock Grinders. Um, but right now, under the Ascension Day detachment, there just isn't that much that's really super interesting for that kind of play. Perfect segue, because the Ascension Day detachment rule is they came from below, which reads, each time a GSC unit from your army is set up on the battlefield as reinforcements, till the end of your next fight phase, weapons equipped by models in that unit have the sustained hits one and ignores cover abilities. So every time you get a little refresh on your unit or bring them in from uh, reserves, uh, they get to pop off, and they pop off pretty well. So this this is kind of your pseudo-crossfire tokens now. 
Yeah, exactly. It serves a similar function. Exploding sixes uh, from sustained ones functionally is equivalent to plus one to hit. Uh, it's a little different with when you start adding in rerolls, but the very baseline, it's about roughly mathematically one plus one to hit. And then uh, ignores cover in the addition where everything has cover is Dude. very powerful. Uh-huh. Uh- I have I have stopped regarding ignores cover as ignores cover. It's just plus rend. Every, the, I, I think I'm up to five games of tenth edition, and the amount of times I've shot it at something that doesn't have cover is less than five. In five games, less than five times have I shot in a shooting edition where the opponent didn't get cover. It's ignores cover is just plus one rend, man. Straight up, it's so yeah, crazy. Al- almost always. Gene um, yeah. a little bit can get around that sometimes because you are so frequently setting up from reserve. That a lot of the time you can hit the angle where your opponent wouldn't cute. have cover. Yep. But it does cover, like, it means that you never have to worry about that. It was definitely a thing that if you were, like, pushing for it, you could probably find in cults a lot of ways. But there's no incentive, there's no need to because the detachment will cover you for it. Um, which means that, you know, it's, it's easier with 20 man squads. You can leave your icon behind a wall and still maintain, you know, um, not have, maintain, not giving any unit cover and all that kind of thing. So it definitely works very well in the context of you having redeploys and blips and um, just natively deep striking a whole bunch of stuff to create a very powerful, constantly triggering effect that doesn't have yeah. the same level of hoops to jump through as Crossfire did. Crossfire was often a little bit of an awkward mechanic to yeah. like deal with on the table, and this just, you know, it removes a little bit of that still dynamic, but also, you know, it wasn't really a still dynamic. It was more of a, you must be this tall to play Gene Circle. <laughs> so I, I like it being a... Uh, I like it being a simpler mechanic. It's Absolutely. easier to explain. You don't need a laser pointer for that kind of thing. Dude, it did get... It It was like bringing templates back. No, you're not crossfire. Yes, I am crossfire. You're not exposed. Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, into the this, into this stratagem section. The first of which is unquestioning loyalty. This is 1CP. When your opponent's shooting phase or the fight phase, just after an enemy has selected its targets, uh, the target is one genius still called character unit from your army that was selected as the target of one of those attacks. Until the end of the phase, each time a character model in your unit would lose a wound, so one friendly gene steel cult unit between three of it, excluding vehicle units. Your character does not lose a wound. That unit suffers a mortal wound instead. Um, this seems pretty cute because, it, am I reading this correctly? This gets around to precision as well? It does get around precision because you would take the damage on the character and then you can reallocate yeah. to the unit. Uh, it's, I don't know, I've never seen anyone use this one. It's definitely, mm. uh, your character is probably less valuable than the CP. It's honestly yes. uh, kind of the point. <laughs> Like, you're a cult unit getting shot at. Like, your character's dead anyway. Correct. <laughs> kind of well, it, feels all of the time. it feels like if you if you, they're shooting the character, they've gone through the 20 wounds that the character was hanging with already, yeah, and exactly. the character was only there to buff the 20 wounds they were with. So why protect yeah. the character? Unless it's on an objective, and for some reason the unit within three is not on the objective. <laughs> what are we really well, talking about here? There's a couple of little things you could do with this. So, for example, if you have a lone operative character that gets caught in the open... You could yep. use this to protect them. That's or um, if your squad has more wound protection, whether that's from the icon ward who gives the squad a five plus feel no pain, or from being something like aberrants, you just natively have a four up. There are ways you can bounce some wounds around and mitigate the effects a little bit. Um, so you can definitely like keep something alive a lot longer than you should. But it's not a. I wouldn't call this a high priority strategy. It's definitely yeah. the weakest of the six. Yeah, I do agree. All right, next one's yours, mate. Yeah. So the next up, we have coordinated trap. Uh, so this is a start of shooting phase or start of fight phase stratagem where you pick two gene cult units that haven't fought or shot, shot or fought yet this phase, and one enemy unit, and then until the end of that phase, so either the shooting or fight phase, until the end of that phase, they can only target that unit, and both units get plus one to wound against said target. So this is conditional, plus one to wound for two units. Um, uh, two CP is the price point, and I think it's it's a bit of a value pick, especially when you want to get you know stuff like shotguns to be cracking 
tanks possibly or light vehicles i think it's actually quite a good breakpoint yeah yeah for sure this is definitely um definitely a stratagem you will use 2cp is a big premium for it mm. uh it very frequently a lot of the units that you're firing at don't require two units to kill and locking sure. two units from only killing one thing can be quite difficult yep. um a lot of the time you'll see something like uh if you really need to kill like an imperial knight or balakor or something yeah. of that caliber it's definitely a break glass in case of emergency but this is a stratagem that you're always you always want to threaten, but very rarely want to use. Correct. I was about to say, it's the one you always tell your opponent about, but slap down once every, like, three games, maybe. Yeah. Um, um, it, it does have a little bit of anti-synergy with the Nexus, which we'll get to in a little bit, but because it targets two units, you can't currently, uh, under the general interpretation, use it on the, sort of, uh, if you target this unit with a strategy, it costs zero, because yep. the strategy doesn't only target the Nexus, which means that it does have a little bit of, you will see a lot of stratagems get used because they can be used in that sense for zero Correct. CP where this one doesn't quite work with that. So, you know, you have a bit more to spend on it, but you maybe don't use it because it doesn't come in that um, free package at another time. All right, next up is Tunnel Crawlers. This is 1CP in your movement phase. Um, one juice still cuts unit from your army that is arriving using a deep strike ability. Uh, the effect is you can be set up anywhere on the battlefield as more than three away from enemy models rather than nine. Um, the restrictions, of course, being unable to charge this turn. So they've always kind of had something similar to this. Like, since 7th edition, they've always had something up to this effect yeah yeah genes are called it used to be like move d6 when you set up yep. and then when the eighth edition codex came around it changed to being the three inch deep strike and then the ninth edition made it uh, one of the points upgrades uh, but it's always existed in some capacity cults have always from seventh edition through index eighth eighth codex and ninth and now tenth have had ways to get closer on deep strike it's been incredibly powerful every step of the way. Oh, I just feel like I always want to have a five five echoes in reserve because especially when I pull my cards, I look at the objectives and I'm like, yep, cool, one CP, I get that card. Because yeah, just it, people having the forethought to block out three inches from five 25 mil bases is just a really hard arithmetic to do. And while I can do it on you know some objectives, doing them on every objective in the midfield or their deployment zone or table quarters or the board court or the board corners, depending on the cards pull you know it feels extremely strong yeah it's not something you ever want to have to plan around is the is the biggest thing for it um but yeah this this strategy is incredible it's very good for delivering um some shooting units things like the demolition charges True. it's great for stealing yep. objectives it's great for setting up a move block with heroic intervention um requiring a charge mount despite it going mm -hmm. six inches there's if your unit doesn't charge there's no way they can roll it and you can yep. set up a lot of routes very close to your opponent, such that if they do a charge, there's a very hard chance that they have to base you and then can't do anything janky with power and consolidations. So move blocks are a lot more powerful, a very easy way to access them with very big squads if you want them to, um, is great. And the fact that this is no longer limited to one telegraphed unit now, where previously it was a 2 CP stratagem for lying in wait, mm -hmm. or sorry, a 20-point upgrade for one unit before the game, it's now a 1 CP stratagem that any unit can use, and you can use it as many times as you'd like, which massively increases the power level and flexibility of this. This is Probably the second best strategy here, um, but I think you could make an argument for, for being somewhere anywhere in the top three. Well, I think this even more than the last one is the one that you tell your opponent about in every movement phase that they have. <laughs> remember, I can come in three away. Oh, did you remember I come in three away? Oh, it looks like there's a spot there that I can come three away and just just just, just watch him squirm. Yeah, uh, they're just going to look you dead in the eyes and say, "Yeah, but I have Overwatch." And you're like, oh, it's true, 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 true. <laughs> but then you build Vect into your list and you make him use it. You're like, do you want to spend all your CP on Overwatch? Because we'll get to the Vect anyway. Um, one with the Darkness is up next. This is one CP. When your opponent's shooting phase, just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. The target is one Gene Steel Colts infantry unit from your army that was selected as a target of one of the infantry units that it units attacks. 
Until the end of the phase, your unit has the stealth ability and can only be selected as the target of a ranged attack if the attacking model is within 12. Ooh, I like this a lot. Yeah, this strategy is fantastic. It's, it was one of the ones that we were fairly high on from the initial previews, and then mm -hmm. the designer comment, the rules commentary came out that confirmed that if you use this on the initial targeting, the enemy unit actually has to retarget if they weren't within 12. So what this functionally is, is um, it's counterspell for shooting. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> and it's, as it turns out, very, very powerful. Um, this strategy is great. You will almost always use this almost every turn. Um, uninteractivity is, as always, incredibly powerful for it. It's why right. indirect is so strong, because you can do damage without taking damage back. Gene Slur Cults, they can stand in the open and shoot you and not get shot back. It is phenomenally powerful. Uh, it's definitely holding the faction together in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some abilities that we'll get to that stack with this, where you can make this even more more obnoxious. So I just I just have all the MTG Blue Mage Cheese Lords just tapping their two blue mana, whipping out their counter spell because it's exactly right. As soon as you said that, I just had this. Yeah, never mind. And those <laughs> the, those those shit eating Cheese Lord Blue Mages. Look, just like all I'm saying <laughs> is that Insect is Blue Black Reanimator with counter spells. It is. It is. Holy God, it's so, that's exactly what I was about to say. Took the word. It's Demir BS. <laughs> Graveyard BS reanimator counter spell. Yeah, so good. All right, uh, tell us about Perfect Ambush. Perfect Ambush is uh, your generic, I want to make my unit better shooting stratagem. So it's a one CP stratagem used in your shooting phase. For one unit of Gene Secult that arrived from reserve this turn and has not been something to shoot yet, and it gets plus one blizzard skill and plus one to AP for ranged attacks. Just your generic white bread. I want my unit Correct. to be better at shooting. Yes. And it is so, so, so good for it. You call the waiter over. You would like your dish seasoned. You'd like some cracked pepper on your shooting unit, please, sir. And for one CP, it will do the job better than it was going to. So, bread, Plus one bread. AP um, is a phenomenal buff, especially when you combine it with ignore cover, which you will have yeah, exactly. your reserve unit. Mm -hmm. um, our AP is one of those things that doesn't work the same way as armor save does. The, so like the better your armor save is, the more the more the better a save bonus is, right? So if you're a two up save and you get cover, it's much better than a six up save with cover. AP kind of works the inverse way. The lower your AP is, the better the adding one to it is. Correct. So shotguns yep. with AP zero gain significantly more from going to AP one and ignoring cover than a las cannon at AP three does. Um, yes. It's still good in all contexts, but you just incre exponentially increase the value of AP the lower your AP is, and cults have a ton of ways to stack AP. Beautiful. All right, Return to the Shadows is the last one. It is one CP. When in your opponent's turn, sorry, end of your opponent's turn, up to two GSC battle line units from your army or one other GSC infantry unit from your army, the effect, remove those target units from the battlefield and place them into strategic reserves. Uh, the units, uh, the, sorry, the target units must have the deep strike ability and cannot be within engagement range of any enemy units. So one CP, pick up two battle line units or any other one unit, just Chuck them off the table, chuck them in reserves. Can they come in from a marker on the next turn? No, they come in um, from Correct. Strike the next just turn. That, so, just, a, just a clarification, because I know that's going to be a question people will be asking, especially people new with the GSC. Can I use this with my blips? The answer, of course, no. Uh, is this no, any good? So the, this is my pick for the best stratagem. In, it's the best stratagem that isn't Phantasm in the game for me. Right nice. Now. Um, nice. It, it's fantastic. So the very, the very basic premise of this is that you... Uh, can pick up any unit that has the deep strike ability and put it back into strategic reserves. There is a rule in the, or there is a clarification in the rules commentary again that came out at the start, like just after all the points that says if your unit has the deep strike ability and it's placed into strategic reserve, it can arrive using the deep strike ability. So you're not restricted to coming off a board edge with this. Beautiful. It really means that it's just 
very functionally redeploy two units every turn, which re-triggers your uh, ignore cover and plus Correct. every turn. Um, Correct. The just fact you can use this on two units, almost anywhere on the board, means that this is just a... Um, it's sort of like the, the Blood Angels upon Wings of Fire from 8th mm-hmm. Division, where mm-hmm. you can just pick up your Sanguinary Guard unit and put them anywhere. It's the same thing, except you don't get to score primary with it first. That's the only only real change for it. Um, it's 1 CP, it affects two units. You can have a third unit being affected with it with a Nexos. It re-triggers all your buffs, and it gives you unparalleled mobility across the board. Um, so even if your Ambush token got stranded somewhere, um, somewhere fairly rubbish... You can pick it up and put it anywhere you want, retrigger mm-hmm. all your abilities, and go absolutely nuts. It's incredible it's, for mission play, it's incredible for defensive play, um, it's just an incredibly, incredibly powerful flexible strategy. It's so good when you think of the value you get to regenerate, like you get to just re-get all the value back from all your... Yeah, you're right, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, in saying that, like, it's funny that the first page, the first two, are like... Yeah, I mean, especially unquestionable uh, coordinator trap is quite is quite nice when you need it, but those first two are the worst two, and then it just goes keeps getting better as you yeah. go down. It's might, really might quite funny. Might be the best page of rules in the entire game that isn't a rape night. <laughs> these four stratagems on the second yeah, page. These four might be the, be- the best page of rules <laughs> that exists in any index that isn't a rape night. I don't know. That first page is pretty good when you're just like, oh, cool, I get to have twice as many points as my opponent. Do you, know do you know what's even better than that? Is when none of your units can die and can be oh, everywhere. That's, that's because true. they can't be shot and they redeploy. And they can't be shot and they into like one of them can't be shot every every turn and two of them keep leaving and coming back wherever you don't want them to be. Seems good, man. And that that is 2 CP. That's only 2 CP to do those things I just told you about. Very, sure very strong. And it's going right. to be less than that when we get characters. I know. Gets... Alright, uh, first of the enhancements, of which there are four. Uh, this is Prowling Adjutant. GS- GSC Colts model only. Uh, bless them for needing to tell us GSC model only in the GSC only enhancements portion of the GSC only detachment. Hilarious. Um, once per turn, when an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move within nine of this bearer um, and the bearer's unit, if the bearer's unit is not within engagement range, it can make a normal move up to D6. Seems good on paper, but it gets a lot better than this here, I believe. Yeah, it's um, it's incredibly fine. It definitely combos well with um, the uh, the Jackal Alphas and the uh, Alan Jackals, which is a, a unit that does more wounds when it moves. So getting to make free normal moves is pretty nice. It's definitely limited. All of these sort of 9-inch moves that require the enemy unit to end within 9 of you um, have that limitation that your opponent could just move away from you or just remain stationary while next to you. So you are putting a lot of impetus onto your opponent. But at the same time, it's a fairly cheap upgrade. I believe it's 15 points. It is 15 uh, points. Yeah. Which means right. that it's, it's fairly inoffensive. Like You're never sure. going to be too upset if you don't get a lot of value out of it. Uh, I am finding that I always have a really awkward amount of points left in most of my lists. Like, I have like a weird 45-ish points left. I'm like, well, I need 50 for servitors or some other nonsense unit to chuck in, or I just find the most inoffensive other two enhancements I'm not Uh, (laughs) auto-taking. A lot of the time... GSC get away with that a little more than some other armies because their units are all fairly cheap. Yeah, exactly. So you can often just like make a squad slightly different. Um, you know, upgrade something, change a character, and fill those points. But yeah, definitely the kind of thing that you'll just put in there if you have some points. Mm. What's the next one? The next one up is Inscrutable Cunning, which is the um, ability to give your unit, so it's a Jinsakon Maloney, making sure those Brew Brothers can't have anything fun. Um, and while the bearer is leaving a unit, models in that unit have infiltrators, so they're able to deploy anywhere outside nine of the enemy, unit, enemy units. And each time you select that unit as the target of a stratagem, on a 4+, plus, you gain a CP. Um, the four up to gain a CP is definitely a little bit flavor texty. Um, yep. You will sometimes get value out of it. Very rarely will you. 
Uh, but infiltrators on any unit in your army that can be led. So oh, aberrants, yeah. um, aberrants and oh, yeah. uh, jackals are the main ones, but also just like 20 neophytes with that. Very, very strong option. Uh, you can just put them across your post deployment zone and say, hey, you are going to have to deal with this. They're sat behind a wall. I'm going to slam the um, the stratagem to not be shot if they're behind a wall so you can't shoot me even with your indirect. And now you have a problem right in your face. Okay. Exactly right. Can you come and try and contest the mid-board when you can't see me and I have like an alpha level melee threat or even a shooting threat willing to just walk part, walk out of this or around this wall and just dunk whatever comes here? Um, I think it's really good. Yeah, the four plus to get a CP back is just cute, but the infiltrator portion of it is really can be really intimidating, I think. Yeah, exactly. The, the four, all these sort of like gain of CP abilities, especially if you're playing tactical objectives, do have a little bit of diminishing returns because... Neophytes already give you a CP on a 4 plus when you stand on an objective, and yep. you're gaining a CP guarantee if you're um, discarding a tactical card every turn. So, you know, there's only one, you can only gain one. So it gives yep. you a lot of redundancy in that one you're gaining, but you're still only ever getting one. Agreed. Uh, all right, next up we have Meticulous Planner, which is, sorry, uh, Inscrutable Cunning, the one we just read, is 30 points, so quite hefty. But this next one is even more. This next one is 40 points, which is the most expensive one I've seen outside Knights. Uh... This is a Genesis Cult model only, of course, once per battle, just after your opponent uses a stratagem, if the bear is on the battlefield, you can select this ability. If it does, until the end of the battle, the CP cost for your opponent, so your opponent must play pay to use that stratagem, is increased by a one. So that is a old school Vect as we know it. How do you feel about this? Yeah, it's it's great. You you put it's it in every list. So good, so good, so strong. I mean, you're almost doubling the points of the, some of the characters you could be putting it on. But hey, it's forty points. It's kind of uh, well, money in the bank, though. As an army that is about as fragile to Overwatch as an army can be, um, saying that you don't get to do that as often is incredibly, incredibly so valuable. good. Um, and what does the Desarmament's commentary have to say about this when it combos with uh, making it making a stratagem cost so, zero? I don't technically believe the designer's commentary has anything to say about it, but it does clarify the order that operations happen in, in terms Correct. of math for 40k. So the generally, generally from that understanding is that you would use a set modifier, which is set the stratagem's cost to zero, and then you would apply any any additional Correct. subtraction to it, which would then add one to it, making it cost one. So yes, this bypasses, you know, your opponent is still going to have to pay a base level cost for things. That is, again, one of those things that is subject to change that could see a designer's FAQ on it. But at the moment, the best understanding we have is that it works that way. And it makes it so much freaking better. I cannot tell you the premium now that I put upon the Vect esque ability. I think it, if you can take one in your list, you should. Uh, it's really good. People only having five or six stratagems, and usually one or two of them being like the thing that they slap down every turn. You know, Ingress, Overwatch being added into those bread and butter, possibly every turn getting slapped down. Uh, it just is such a powerful ability. Yeah, I'd, sure. I'd almost pay 50 for it in some lists as well. I mean, Space Marine players are out here playing 115 for a Calidus assassin, so truly paying 40 for it can't be that bad. Exactly right, exactly right. And you're slapping it on a unit that actually does other things, where a Calidus, that's that's pretty much 150 points. One, um, one just important thing to know with this is it does require the character to be on the board when you use the ability. Correct. So yep. that does have a little bit of tension again with the way Gene Circles like to play. So generally, put this on something like a lone operative that's going to deploy on the board, rather than a unit that really has a lot of other things on its mind, like a Primus that will be deep striking. Um, do be careful where you have this because it can um, you can't get backfired if you go to slam the Overwatch and you realize that your guy's actually in reserve right now and you yep. can't be doing that. Agreed. All right, what's the last one? The last one is Focus of Adoration and uh, they definitely not saved the best for last year. No. Uh, this is again Gene Cycle's model only. While the bearer is leading a unit, you can target that unit with the heroic intervention stratagem for zero CP and can do so even if you have already targeted a different unit with that stratagem in this phase. And this is a 10-point upgrade. It is 
definitely not better than any of the other ones. No, this um, is the fourth. This is the fourth best. Yeah, and while it's if you, if you only had ten points to spare at the end of the sure. list, I guess you'd throw it in, and you'd only be a little upset. But there's Correct. actually not a lot of units you really want to heroic with if you steal our cult. Mm-hmm. Um, since you don't get the benefit of charging, slamming a bunch of toughness four or five up save models into your get opponent, them so people get your stuff killed for no yeah. reason. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, I saw some just like space marines make it to 20 echoes. I'm like, wow, okay, they, yeah, fair. That uh, that baby transhuman to feel no pain went a long way a, l- a little while ago. Um, but yeah, no, nah, this is easily the worst one. And uh, have you found heroic intervention has come up much? It's really good on Lionel Johnson. And I have found no, a, other, no other place to use it. That's a great point, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I, I, have, um, I, have, I have not seen it be relevant yet. Yeah, In fact, I, I have been a little inc- bit. Yeah. I've been encouraging my opponents to waste their CP on it, to be honest. <laughs> the only other time I've really seen it get used is if you combo um, for Tyranids with uh, Termagants and Von Ryan's Leapers on an objective. If your opponent tries to come close to you, you can move the Termagants back. Fully back into range of the Von Ryan sleepers, who can then overwork, who can then erode for free, and that's uh, yeah. fairly good to turn. But again, that's a very different. That's like a that's, free thing you can have yeah. on units that fight first, and you don't have a lot of that in GS. That's really cute, actually. I love that. I love that combo. Wow, that's awesome. So um, yeah, there's maybe you I could f- do some. You could probably do something similar with like prowling adjutant and like a, a locus with focus of adoration is probably the best you're gonna get. But the units that you're doing it with just aren't as resilient and um, don't quite do as much. But the locus does give you fight first. So if you, I think in a I hypothetical world where melee was a little more playable. Uh, focus of adoration, focus is probably the place to look for that. Um, but the units it goes in just aren't as threatening um, as like a, an aberrant squad, which really wants scribble cunning for the over, for the infiltrators. Well, perfect segue, mate. Time to talk about some data sheets. If you are joining us for the first of the index reviews, because you're a, a, just a GSC lover through and through, we're not going to be going through every single data sheet. I'll be relying on my expert Ines to take us through the ones that are relevant to the competitive scene at the time that we are recording this. So this may very, very well change. If it does, apologies. But pretty sure with, now that we've got the points and we've got the scope and we've, got, we've seen how GSC play, there would need to be some very significant things changing to stop uh, the following data sheets being completely irrelevant. So Ines, take us to the first you wish to talk about. We're going to do a couple of yeah. characters and then we're going to do a couple of the relevant data sheets. Of course, probably going over both the battle line ones because they're kind of ubiquitous. And yeah, you got for have sure. Them. So broad, broad feeling for me, um, the, the ones that are worth covering is going to be the battle line options, uh, a few of the characters, and then um, aberrants and a couple of the vehicles is probably going to be the best bet. And then I'll touch on a couple of reasons, a couple of things that you might consider for other reasons. Perfect. So, the unfortunate thing with these indexes, or for the Gene Circle one in particular, is it's arranged in alphabetical, alphabetical order, order, which so, does make jumping around it a little difficult. So what I am going to do is I'm just going to start with the battle lines. Um, so if you are reading along in the order, then you'll need to just jump a few pages around. Um, so let's start with the easy one for going in alphabetical order. The battle line is yeah. Acolyte Hybrids. So these are your sort of, um, they're the, the slightly more resilient ones. They're Toughness 4 with uh, a 5-up save, and their base abilities are Deep Strike and the Ambush so they can come back. Um, they have a rule that gives them reroll ones to hit, and if they're targeting an enemy unit that's on an objective marker, they reroll ones to wound. That's shooting and melee, and this one actually can do a little bit of both. And they have a cult icon, which is a, which is a common rule that shows up on a couple of units, which at the reinforcement step of your movement phase, they get D3 models back. Or if they're on an objective marker, they get three models back. So good. Um, very powerful. Notably, does actually interact pretty well with Overwatch, where if you take a few chip damage, you can then bring the models back in your reinforcement step. So Overwatch, if it doesn't kill your unit, can actually give you some extra distance and let you sneak into places you haven't already. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that be a thing. Like 
yeah, coming on Overwatch. Ah, easier charge. Just it's still an objective that you. I probably well, wasn't going to take it before. Now it's mine. Uh, yeah. Really, really quite cute. Uh, what size units do you want out of these? You want to keep them lean at the five or go to the ten? Yeah. So this unit is either five models of seventy-five points or ten models of one hundred and fifty points, uh, and then you get two of the heavy weapons per five. So the heavy weapons either being two attacks, uh, weapon still three, strength ten, AB two, damage three, or um, the demolition charge, which is a uh, one-shot damage weapon which is 6 inch range, D6 plus 3 shots, at plus it's still 5, strength 12, AP 2, damage 2, with a million keywords, assault, blast, yeah. hazardous, and yeah. one shot. Um, and then variably inside that, you can have some hand flamers, and everybody is baseline 3 attacks on 3s at 411, a little bit better for the sergeant with 5 attacks at strength 5, AP 2. Um, this unit is very multi-flavor, very multi-purpose. You will probably see a decent amount of 5-mans with 2 heavy mining tools, just for a little bit of combat punch, and, you know, finish off a vehicle, kill a couple of space marines on an objective, and yep. some hand flamers. You know, very reasonable little skirmish unit for 75 points. It comes back, it tries again. You know, you just continually do things. There's a lot of benefit to, um, specifically going back to Call Ambush a little bit, if you can get your unit dead in your own turn, so if you can have it die during your fight phase, then um, your opponent only gets one movement phase to re- respond to it, because it will then immediately come back into the, the next movement phase. So if you can do things with like little five bands, dropping them in, just rolling the nine charge, if a couple of them hit them, you know, you hit something, you try to pile into it something that's a little scarier, get get yourself killed, come back, do it again next turn. It's very, very, very usable. It's not reliable, but it doesn't need to be. They're 75 points and they're scoring points if they're not doing that. So definitely does. Definitely does work. The 10-man squads, you are probably going to be looking at demo charges. So like the demolition do. charge. You run De- a 10-man squad. I'm going to very briefly run through the, like the full combo on this do because it. it is hilarious. It's great. So Full 10-man squad with Avacala hybrids will come with five hand flamers, which are D6 shot strength three flamers. Very, very usable with Ignore's cover. Uh, they'll have that from detachment as well. And then demolition charges, you get four of them, which are, so baseline, you're looking at 4D6 plus 12 shots, uh, plus skill five, strength 12, EP2 damage two. Then you add on all the detachment bonuses, so that's now ignoring cover, yep. and with sustained hits. Sustained you hits. add on a bunch of those stratagems we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. The extra rounds. one to hit. Yep. Extra AP. They're now AP3 ignoring cover, uh, and they are blast weapons, which means you shoot into a squad of 10 models, and you are getting a minimum of 20 plus D plus 46 it's shots. disgusting. The hit on Poss- fours with exploding sixes, and native, re-roll, and native reroll ones from their mm-hmm. pack, from their ability. Possibly popping up three inches away from you. Like, well, you don't have to if they're going to fire demo charges. Yeah, it's just really good. Alright, so jumping over to the Neophytes. Let's yeah, go over so here. Neophytes are the, the second battle line option, so there are only two because, the you know, this is about seven data sheets in a trench coat. Yep. Uh, neophyte hybrids are your guardsman equivalent, so they are toughness 3, 5 up save, 1 wound models, come in squads of 10 to 20 for 80 or 160 points. Their base rule is the, if you control objective in your command phase on a 4 you can a CP, as I mentioned earlier, yep. and they their version of the cut icon is 3 models or T3 plus 3 if they're on an objective. So a little bit better, but the units are the model themselves is a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. Baseline, they are with a las gun, um, you know, rapid fire one, 24 inch range, one shot at plus is four, strength three, AP zero, damage one. Stacks very well with a bunch of the um, output increase, but they're yep. not something you're. There is no, never a world you're excited about a sh- about a las gun, no matter how you black on it. Uh, no offense to the las gun, um, <laughs> and then you are looking at four in any combination of so two per uh, two per ten models, so four in a twenty man squad of heavy slubbers, mining lasers, and seismic cannons, and the same for special weapons, which is flamers, grenade launchers, and webbers. Is it still um, going to be seismics and grenades, you reckon? 
yeah, very quickly running through it. The heavy stubber is uh, a heavy stubber. You can do better. Um, the mining laser is a last cannon that is plus skill five. Uh, so it's Dikes. one one shot at 12, three D6 plus one. Um, and then the seismic cannon is a heavy gun, which is rapid fire two with four shots at ballistic skill five at strength six, AP one, damage D3. Um, of those, the mining laser and the seismic cannon are both very playable. Um, mm-hmm. With the exploding sixes and with some access to some rerolls that we'll get to from some of the characters, they are a lot more consistent than you think they are, especially the seismic cannons, which can come down Dude. 12 away Dude. and have 24 shots. Um, you will add some. You will roll average across the number of models I, you can bring in this army. With, so I look at Rend 1 guns, and I say, well, that's Rend 0, because everything's got cover. But as soon as I see Rend 1 with ignored cover... That's a good weapon. That's like a decent baseline utility weapon in the current game, I believe. So, yeah, and it, it gets better yeah. we'll, when we talk Absolutely. about the It's um, dude. Yeah. These guys remind me of Guardians in Eighth Edition. Do you remember Guardians in Eighth Edition, where they just had like one of the lowest floors but highest ceilings? Well, like Eldar Guardians. Yeah, Eldar. Guardians. Yeah, where you could just stack all the bottles. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like the ones like, where you could well, put like two up armor save on the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You look at the data sheet and you're like, eh, and then you start adding it all up together and you're like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> this thing goes through the roof. Oh, and, and you can ex- make them do so much. It's and then absurd. yeah, it's very absurd. quickly on the special weapons. Your baseline options are the flamer, which is you know D six shots at four zero one, and the grenade launcher, which is either D three shots at four zero one with blast. Or one shot at, at uh, four to hit at nine two d three, and honestly, I am a big fan of four grenade launcher, four grenade Me launchers too, man. in every squad. Have, have you seen the mirror yet? Where it's like grenade all, like yeah. it's the grenade launcher. <laughs> oh, so every single and... one of these is getting d three plus four shots. Dude, and you're a desolation marine. Freaking it's hilarious! Great. It's like it's like twenty shots minimum from the four grenade launchers into the mirror match, and just like. <laughs> I shot first. Lol. Uh, reserves. Lol. Uh, reserves. Lol. And you just keep dunking on each other from reserve. It's hilarious. And then the Weber, to finish up, is a Flamer with devastating wounds and st- strength two, which does mean it is actually worse than a Flamer on uh, Guardsman in some senses, because mm-hmm. if you wound that on a five, they're getting the save. Uh, Correct. With cover, which is quite funny. But yeah, the Weber is uh, interesting in the sense of, like, Flamers and Webers are interesting for Overwatch specifically. You are yep. generally pretty danger close with Gene Cycle armies, which does mean Overwatch is often a very powerful option. But the grenade launchers just give you that sort of spike damage that you're really looking for. Um, strength nine AP two with the ability to stack up to an additional AP, up to an additional three AP and ignore cover onto them is pretty powerful. So you know, I generally prefer that. And they will run you eight points per model, so eighty for ten, one sixty for twenty. That is not too much at all. I love the price point. Yeah, especially with the ability, as as we said, the get out jail free card of if they do die, which you're going to do your best to prevent, they're just coming back. Yeah, even if they only come back once, that's 360 points of value for, yeah, absolutely nuts. Uh, what's your next go-to non-character unit? We'll do all the characters at the end, I reckon. There's one, one so non-character unit, I think the two that are worth talking about are the Aberrants and the uh, Jackals. Uh, unfortunately, the Pure Strains are not as good as they used to be, and uh, the Metamorphs suffer from not being battle-line. Yeah. Um, so just to finish on why we're not touching on them, and then I'll uh, the Achilles I'll talk about at the end is a vehicle because it's a little different. I'll so like the Aberrants... Our aberrants are very baseline. They are sort of like the standard bodyguard unit from the from the edition. So yep. a lot of the units have this. If you're uh, being led by a character, you get minus one to wound if the attack is greater than your toughness. Aberrants being toughness six with a five up save and three wounds. Really nice. Seem fairly fragile until you pile, pile in that four up field no pain. Correct. Which is very, very good for keeping your units alive in a very Dude. scammy way. I've had this unit get shot by three manticores and shrugged it off with like mm-hmm. two guys dead. 
it's mm-hmm. quite hilarious. I dude, toughness six with a pseudo with pseudo six wounds because you're halving essentially halving the incoming damage. You know, with variance, of course, is just a, such a swingy prospect. Like the over under commitment on on mental arithmetic of your opponent of like how much you have to put into them to guarantee they're going to die, like how much you have to expose to delete them. It's it's very exciting it's to honestly be like just not worth doing. No. Chip damage them, chip damage them, and then let them charge in and be. Well, fairly underwhelming and deal with them once they're there is usually well, they, my recommendation for these guys my but. recommendation is if they take off in a big way everyone takes take a thunder fire and just do not, <laughs> do not worry about them anymore walk well, away like you just start rolling negative charges right like you that's just gotta right, hope that's right. exactly exactly <laughs> well you let them have one unit then thunder fire and and and, and piss off the other in the other direction yeah. <laughs> um so these guys are three attacks on threes at strength eight ap2 damage three in combat so sort of like the standard a little bit weaker thunder hammer uh that well, a little better it's a little better than the Thunderhammer. Thunderhammer's only damaged two at the moment now. Um, I've been playing too much Death Watch. I'm sorry. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, no <laughs> Dev wounds on this, but one more damage. And you yeah, are no Dev wounds, but it hits on threes. Is basically the, the kind of trade you're looking at. These guys are they're fine. You are looking at 165 points for five. 33 plus a character potentially, so 33 points a model here. Yeah, they are exceedingly not cheap. Um, there's a very real cost in including a unit like this in your army, where one, there's a ton of variance on. The mm-hmm. four of Philippine, and also not being battle line, they are only coming back if you roll a four plus on your call ambush check. Now, if yep. this unit comes back, they are one of the best units in the game. If well, they do not come back, they sure are four hundred points if didn't come back. The reason I like them and love them, and please bear with me because I do not believe this is a unit that should see play ubiquitously in every list. In fact, I think quite the opposite. What I love them for is that I feel no pain is now the only thing that works against every source of damage. It works against dev wounds. It works against shots. It works against melee. Works against range. Works against freaking everything. Works against Grey Knight's Vortex of Doom. It does not matter. It's actually better than an invuln because so many sources of damage that are coming out. You right now ignore your freaking invuln if they roll a six or. They're just Eldar. That a feel no pain, I think, is the best for, source of save, and the four plus is the best source of feel no pain I've seen. Pretty much, it's between yeah, these guys and, like, and crypto trolls. Silence against psychic attacks, and that's about yeah. the best you're getting. Otherwise, correct. Um, yeah, so no, I'm I... fully with you. There's definitely situations where a feel no pain can be worse than a vulnerable save. Like if you're a one wound model, you're probably going to want oh, for a vulnerable save rather yeah. than a feel no pain <laughs> because you know the second you start getting shot with damage too, a feel no pain is doing significantly less. But once you're looking at this sort of profile where Anything less, anything that's not damaged, I would say seven or higher, you have a decent chance of just passing. Shrugging, yeah. Um, yep. Is absolutely incredible, incredibly powerful. I mean, like the the harpoon off the <laughs> off the valiant. Yeah, that's going to kill a guy unless it rolls a six, in which case it will kill two guys, right? Exactly like, right. Fine, <laughs> fair enough. You, you brought a valiant, you earned it. Like, <laughs> congratulations, mate. You got one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty cute. Uh, all right, we will go to what was the next one you said? The next one was is Atalan Jackals, which definitely uh, are a unit that you have to divorce your ninth edition understanding of in correct. order to see the value of. Because but, the first time you look at this data sheet, oh my god, it sucks compared to the ninth edition yeah, versions. Yeah. Um, I was always I would notoriously Atalan Jackals had seven special rules on a twelve point model on launch. Um, uh, and yeah, every was, single one of them was great. It was insane. Minus one to hit. Uh, you gave him an invuln very easily. You gave him feel no pain very easily. Uh, they had, they, it was a, it, they fell back in charge. Yes, they, yes. they were always crossfire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they could deep strike at the time. They can't. They can no longer do that. They're Best no use of demo charges. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that unit is this unit is not the same unit. Alan Jackals are not even remotely in the same ballpark in terms of resilience. 
in terms of damage output, really. But what they do do is uh, more wounds. And they sure do a lot of them if you build them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, break this down. There is a lot to unpack here. I'm actually hoping this gets an FAQ. Well, it kind of needs an FAQ for one of the interactions. Well, the other one is, it seems quite clear to me, but break this I down I personally for us. think it should just be fine because they're not even that good with all this. No, but the very basic you. is they have a rule called Demolition Run, which is each time the unit ends a normal move, select one enemy unit within six invisible and roll 1d6 for each model in this unit. For a four plus, they take a moral wound. Baseline, this squad is. Uh, 160 points uh, for 10 models, including 8 Jackals and 2 Wolf Quads, or 80 for the 5, and I'm going to just verify that. Yep, 80 for 5. So baseline, you're throwing 10 dice at this, on average healing 5 more wounds. This, you this can is... then combine it... Sorry, Adam, please. Sorry, I'm just, I, just, I just need to interrupt for a second. So, an Acolyte Hybrid is 15 points a model, essentially. 10, uh, 10 models is 150. That is one Toughness 4 wound with a 5 plus save. For one more point, you get two toughness four wounds with a five plus save. That moved twelve. I, do, I mean, it's not battle line, but I, I don't understand how they've priced this. I honestly like, think it is partly just the battle line privilege. Where yeah. I, I mean, acolytes are an expensive unit. Like, don't get me wrong. Seventy five points for five for five toughness four guardsmen is is a lot. Um, but they have the damage output to support it. These guys are definitely. It kind of feels like acolytes are a little overcosted, other than for the demo bomb, and yeah. Atalans are like about where they should be. Um, I mean, like the demo bomb is just wild but i think that's a multiple it's, bit of stacking of buffs thing rather yeah. than like the baseline yeah. unit being too cheap yeah um, the- jackals actually feel fairly fine like they're not actually that great outside of this combo um but then so to, to finish up on the combo because this squad has like two heavy flamers and two grenade launchers and some two shot pistols like don't worry about its damage output um but you can combine them with the the, the jackal alphas who's the special character who's the character that can join these guys um, and she allows the unit to move um, six inches after it fires. Yep. Which means that you can do that ability again because that's a normal move. And then if you combine that with the enhancement we were talking about earlier, the Prowling Adjutant one, if an enemy unit finishes the move within nine of you, you then make a third normal move, which allows you to move up to D6 and then again pick a unit within six. So under ideal circumstances, this unit can throw 33 dice at four up models for an yep. average of 16 and a half portal wounds. It is pretty freaking wild. Because oh, you're throwing 11, right? Because the Alphas is in the unit? Yeah, 11 three times. Jeez. It's, uh, I've seen this. Ha- I have not seen this happen the third time yet, but I have seen this happen to Bellacore. And lol. <laughs> yeah. A unit that would, under normal circumstances, be almost incapable of dealing a wound with our Bellacore without this rule, just walks up and half kills the fool. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah, it, it's a lot. But the, the thing to remember with this is it's a 235 point unit with that character that mm-hmm. at the end of the day does only come back on a 4 plus. Correct. Um, and actually has an additional restriction. It has a downside rule where it has to come back from a call ambush marker that's within six of a, that's only within six of a board edge for the unit. Yeah. So they can't do nearly the same level of shenanigans. And obviously the character doesn't come back the second time, which means that they're limited to just the one demolition run. Correct. So this unit is very limited. Um, broad case best use scenario for this is ingress. You bring it on on yep. in your opponent's turn and then move it, yep. jump at something, do your mortal wounds and bubble them and force them to enemy with the nine of you and take the mortals again, and then it dies and you never think about it again. So and that's completely reasonable. They also scout nine. I don't remember if you said that before I interrupted with the the acco the acolyte thing. Um, but they scout nine and move twelve. And then you can advance and still do the demolition run. Oh, no, normal move on the normal demo run. Move, yeah. So, what, that's a 21-inch, and then within six, so tw- anything within 27 inches can technically be bombed turn one, uh, which is not bad as a, as a threat range. Uh, then you still have some misc shooting. It's not, it's not 
unimpressive for the yeah, points. Yeah, it's like you'll, it's kill a couple, you'll kill a couple, yeah. a couple dudes. Like, yeah. you're not going to write home about it. And they can charge. They are strength two attacks and strength four AP2 in combat. Um, it's not impressive, but it exists. What I've found is that um, people look at this like it's still a durable unit now, and it just evaporates, man. It just oh, dis-a-freaking-peers. Compared to how with the perception of Ninth Edition coming in and looking at 10 Jackals, like the two Wolf Quads and 8 Jackals, you're like, man, that takes a lot of fire to kill. And you're like, it really doesn't. It really, really doesn't. Like, I've, <laughs> they explode. <laughs> they absolutely Losing, explode They lost now. their minus one to hit, they lost a point to save, and they lost their Flimble Pain from Miracles and their Mini mm-hmm. Transhuman, and they don't have any regeneration from the Cult Icon anymore. I would comfortably say this one is about a third to a quarter as resilient as it used to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably fairly baseline. I think that's fairly accurate. Um, and the other thing it used to do is it used to, yeah, it used to love uh, minus one to hit, um, which is, yeah, a lot more sparse these days. Because uh, it doesn't have to smoke. No, it has it grenades, does, but no it has grenades though, and gr- grenades though. So you could, you, you know, can go do up the demo ninety steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> I was just looking at that, like, wow, you could just do a bunch more if you wanted to charge. Like, you if want you to really... on average kill a nineteen wound model, this is the way to do it. Phenomenal. All right, um, let's trans. Let's go to the the ridge runner. Yep. So the ridge runner is the last of sort of like the generic units that I think is really worth talking about. Um, the Goliath rock, the Goliath rock and Goliath rock under are both very expensive, and as I think I said, I think they're waiting for a detachment. Well, um, I, I don't get what this army gets from transports anymore. I think there was an extremely good case for it in ninth edition, but with how dynamic and how often they come back and the flexibility you have to just pop up wherever you want, I don't see what transports bring. Yeah, so broadly, not much worth talking about. If you've got them, I don't think you'll be upset running like a truck to get people back. Yeah, or runners yep. are disappointing, especially for thirty points more than a fire prism. Don't think about it. Um, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> okay, so the Achilles Ridge Runner is your sort of it's the low to the ground uh, has a has a twin heavy stubber and a top gun and um, like does some shooting and this yep. thing is very basically twelve inch move toughness seven with eight wounds and a three up save it's like you know the sort of land speeder esque platform it's probably the best way to describe it um, it has a scout nine and uh, the special rule it has is crossfire which is after it shoots you pick an enemy unit that was hit by its attacks and each time your friendly gene cell cult units make an attack against it for the rest of the phase. Add one to the AP of that. An enemy unit can only be affected by this ability once per phase. Pretty now, nice. That's a fantastic ability. Adding an extra AP, as we said, AP is the better, the less you have of it. So adding one AP baseline to all of your guns is incredible, especially into all of the hard targets we're seeing in this edition, like Wraith Knights, Imperial Knights, um, even just like a 10-man Space Marine scope with Armor and Contempt. It doesn't love having an AP stacked onto it. Um, you can then combine it with, it has three warrior abilities where it can either have a Blissed Steel Characteristic of three, which is great in GSC, it can have smoke keyword, which you will never look at, and it nope. can do um, the same thing for ignore cover, where when it hits an enemy unit, you pick an enemy unit that was hit, and all attacks against that one can ignore cover. Uh, kind of redundant with the detachment ability, but something that you'll definitely keep an eye on for yep. future detachments, which may not have access to that ignore cover. Now, the ranged weapons here, there is a twin heavy stubber, as you said, so that's um, your sort of your side gun, and then there is the, the missile launcher, which is three shots at strength 9 AP2 D3 damage, uh, flat 3 damage. Yep, not which bad. Is very boring. There's the heavy mining laser, which is technically a downgrade in that it's D3 shots, but because it's yeah. black, it's strictly an upgrade. Correct. Um, which is twelve, which is strength twelve, AP three damage, D6 plus one. So a lot more consistent. And this is sort of like if you're going to build a damage version of the Ridge Runner, uh, spotters and heavy mining lasers is the way to yep. do it. Yep. Because you get uh, hitting on threes, exploding six if you can from reserve, access to the plus one to hit stratum gets that hitting on twos, uh, or the plus one yeah. plus equal stratum. Yeah, yeah. Hitting on twos, AP four, ignoring cover. Very, very powerful little profile. And then there's the utility option, which is the heavy mortar, which is blast and indirect fire, 48 inch range, so a little bit longer than the um, the other two options. 
with D6 plus three shots at six zero one. Again, baseline plus is still three, but goes to baseline plus still four, but goes to three with a small. I really like the range and number of shots there. Uh, blast with D6 plus three is essentially just going to be min five shots virtually yeah. all the time. Uh, four yeah. eight inch range is essentially all the table when you move twelve inches. So that's sixty inch range. That is the table. You can shoot anything you want as long as you can move in a straight line towards it. Um, and then strength six zero one. Sure, yeah, it's pretty average. But when you factor in that, essentially, so. Let me just. There is a package here where you take 500 points of guard, and you take 450. So points. it only applies to Gene Stockholm. No, 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 no. I'm just building a numbers battery here. We're not building. Right. Okay. Yeah, we're just we're just adding. We're doubling down. We want to. We want just under a thousand points of indirect in this list, because um, <laughs> all we can get is 950, 945. So yeah, these do come in squads of one to two, and they are 75 points a model. Yeah, so it's 150 for two. And then all the, the whole premise is you have two mortars that shoot at one target each from one unit of two. That makes the next uh, two units of two good. So unfortunately, <laughs> it, uh, crossfire is each time the unit shoots, not each time the model shoots. So you can't actually split fire two mortars at two oh, targets. Oh, really? That sucks. Yeah, they did think of that. Um, wow, as if, as if G-Dub had forethought like that to say, I know, you know right? what we're going to screw over? We're going to screw over Adam when he thinks he's, he, there could be, might be something okay about the mortar. Honestly, for trying to come up with that monster of an indirect list, you deserve it. So That's true. I um, absolutely do. Yeah, shame on me. I what know. was I thinking? For me, my mileage, these are almost as close to an autotake as you have of the things that aren't um, directly characters. The fact that they are a little bit more resilient, they can hold down your backfield and just plink away with those mortars very consistently with D6 plus 3 shots and plus it's still 3, even with the minus 1 to hit from the indirect penalty, yep. you are delivering at least one hit onto any target that you really need, which means that you can trigger that plus 1 AP. So Is again, it? combining that plus 1 AP with ignoring cover and with the plus 1 AP from the um, perfect ambush stratagem, you can now have every single gun in your army that targets a target uh, that you want to can be plus two AP and ignoring cover, which is a phenomenal damage. Perfect. Damage. And I was, I, was, I was about to ask that because I know there's going to be a lot. I, I try and put myself in some shoes sometimes. Sometimes I ask stupid questions and sometimes I ask stupid questions on purpose. Maybe you can discern which one it is. Can you have multiple sources of plus to AP? You know, you, I know yes, you can't have multiple sure. sources of plus to hit or minus to hit. Yeah. So, specifically, so the only restrictions on stacking modifiers are you cannot have more than plus one to hit, plus one to wound, beautiful. minus one to hit, minus one to wound, or plus one to save. That's you can't a add more thing. to saving throw. But AP has no such limitation. Dude, AP2 ignores cover, chef's kiss. Mwah. Beautiful thing. No, no. Increase AP by 2, ignore cover. If you add starting AP, oh, your grenade yes. launchers are now AP4. Dude. Um, then, there is always the option. That, remember, you are coming out of deep strike, and that sometimes ruins exist that are more than 6 inches tall, and you can put your heavy weapons up the top of them and have Ooh, an additional you AP can. from plunging fire. <laughs> I've seen plunging fire. It has come up more than I thought. Uh, already. Yeah. I, it's only for us to come up with Desolation Marines and GNC Grenade Launchers. That's been it so far. Uh, if I, you I, stick all those buffs on that Grenade Launcher, that's AP5 baseline. Mm. I managed and to pop it off with uh, a unit of six Inceptors once, which actually made their bolt guns feel a lot better. I bet it will. That does sound pretty good. Yeah, actually sound, it, may, it, may, it makes them feel like a word, like like an actual consideration when you can pull that off versus the Plasma. Alright, um, let's go to some characters, mate. Which one's first? Sure. So for me, there are uh, quick Karen, uh, the so we talked about the Jackal Office briefly already. The ones that are probably worth talking about are the Nexus, the Primus, and the Reductor Saboteur. And then I'll briefly touch on one more just for this, just for the um, the benefit of others. But those sure. are the ones that are definitely showing up in almost every list. Uh, 
very big sign that I will say that the Magus is maybe one of the worst teachers in the game, and it's quite funny. Uh, she <laughs> literally doesn't do anything. Uh, doesn't even have a ranged attack from her like psychic powers. She's yep. just like mi- minus one to hit. You know that ability that a bunch of units have that nobody cares about. Where you have to roll two up for minus one to hit. Oh uh, yeah, she has that. That's her entire psychic ability. Wow, it's incredibly powerful. Doesn't have a doesn't have a brain bullet. Nope, not even a brain bullet. Neither does the patriarch. Neither of them got one. Jeez. It's so funny. Yeah, I've been a bit incredulous at um, just how much worse psycho units got. Like, because they used to be able to just default do D3 mortal wounds at will with a smite, and now they don't even have anything. Like, I thought yeah. every psycho would get a default psychic boom brain thing. Yeah, no, the problem is Thousand Suns got all of them. They have 57 that's that's different fucking ones. true. That is so true, man. Oh, that is hilarious. What a take. Um, okay. right. uh, I'm staring at the Clamavus oh. right now. Tell me a story. So the Clamavus is probably the the most boring character you will probably play one of. Um, very baseline. It is a 12-inch no deep strike aura. And Beautiful. that is it. Beautiful world. For 40 points and the ability to hold a enhancement, you probably take one. I <laughs> think that is a great price point for that guy. I'm down. Yeah, he is so boring. Literally, just stand on your home objective and you can't gap it, you're prone to dropping it. Because Gene Circles are very prone to not having a backfield because, well, what are you going to leave there? The stuff that's dead? No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so having the ability to just drop that in or, you know, slap it into your post deployment zone in the midfield of the deep strike and say, no, I don't really feel like you're getting to have this here. Carmavis does a completely, completely fine job. You could cut one, you probably wouldn't miss it that much, but if you've got 40 points, it's better slap than putting in... in Better yep. than putting in focus of adoration. So, Agreed. Um, All right. Yeah. Nothing Nex- exciting. I found the Nexos next, so let's do that. Yeah. So Nexos is probably the best character here. Um, the Nexos 50 points. is 50 again, points. a guard no, character, no 50 points, has deep strike, and then two abilities. One is Cult Infiltration, which allows you in each player's command phase to move one Cult Ambush Marker. So that's the blips or the Ambush Tokens or whatever. Bigger you know, than the little think. things that come in the thing. Gets you to move it six inches. Uh, which means that if your opponent's set up to try and jump on it, you can pull it away. Or if your opponent hasn't set up to jump on it, you can move it closer uh, and get a little bit, get a lot of options in a lot of mind games. There's nothing restricting you from having multiple Nexi and moving an ambush token more than once with that Correct. Well, which is quite fun. Uh, so you uh, can just, that, like, one's, that one's an FAQ watch for me because that seems that like, one is also an oof, FAQ watch. But there yeah. are a bunch of abilities that say if like blah blah blah. If you like, one model can use this ability, yeah. including in this including in this index. So I wouldn't be surprised if it did change. I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't change. It's kind of where I am with that. Easy done. And then the most important one is the battlefield analysis. So once per turn, select one model or unit within your army with this ability as a target of a strategy for zero CP, even if you've already used that strategy. So remember all those really awesome strategies we were talking about? Yep. Like, can't be shot. Well, what if you did it again? Uh, mm-hmm. Or plus, you know, and you can do it in both turns. So you can, in your opponent's turn, double use one with darkness to make two units untargetable. Yep. And then in your turn, double use, um, you know, perfect ambush on units setting up from reserve or, Correct. Uh, you know, three inch deep strikes from units from reserve, all these kind of things. Now, there is one thing to watch for this. It does have the timing restriction where if you have a unit with a Nexus and a unit without a Nexus, if they target the unit with the Nexus first, you would have to use the strategy at that juncture, at which point they would retarget to the other unit, which doesn't have the ability to use the strategy even if it's already been used. So if you're going to try and set this up, bring two units with Nexuses, potentially even three. Just make sure you always have the ability to slam the strategy the second time on the second unit. Because um, otherwise you'll be really upset when your unit dies because you, your opponent knew how to sequence shooting. Sounds fair, Matt, and very well explained for people at but home. Honestly, this guy is phenomenal, incredibly powerful, um, and also has that role that we were speaking about earlier, where even if you have another character in the unit, you can put this guy in as long as that character is a Primus, Magus, or Acolyte combo, which segues perfectly into the Primus. 
who sure does have a bunch of other rules, uh, but mostly uh, has the rule Cult Demagogue, which is while this model is living a unit, you can reroll the hit roll for any attacks they make. Dude, it's not melee, it's not ranged. 70 point chapter master, baby. It's pretty freaking good. In yeah, addition I, with ostensibly less rerolls. Um, uh, yeah. 70 points, as much as you want. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty uh, nuts. Consider, I would say baseline, run two of these. Two of these in two squads with a Nexus in each squad of Neophytes gets you a lovely little package for 300 points of always able to ping pong off the board, always able to not be shot, always able to shoot. And, and you are going to come down every turn, re-trigger your full, your full rerolls to hit, your ability to use the stratum for plus one plus skill and plus one AP, and also your exploding sixes and ignore cover. And Correct. That, this is why the, the call ambush rule is less powerful than it appears, because you do not want these guys to die, because if they die, the character goes with them. Goes away. And if the character exactly goes right. away, your, your squad's output drops by about 100%. Um, it is significantly better to just keep the characters alive. Do this you know guy I've... also has a redeployability, which is fairly useful, depending on yep. how your events FAQ it. Uh, I believe WC at the moment is currently ruling that this works after the turn roll. Correct. Which is very powerful, but we don't really know where that lies at the moment. That's another thing that's still waiting to come up from FAQs and designer commentary from GW. Totally fair enough, mate. For 70 points, it is incredibly good value. I uh, Unbelievable value to my mind. You just, also finally gave uh, him the vulnerable save, which I have just noticed really? now, because I have just assumed that that guy died every time he got looked at funny. <laughs> uh, well, dude, toughest three with four uh, four wounds and a five up. I'm not sure the five up involved is going to make it much of a you know difference. Yeah, but he did go like the last seven years of me playing Gene Circles without one. So, you know, That's it's true. nice to see That's it. That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is absolutely right. Um, was it one last character? Yeah, the last one is the Reductive Saboteur, which is the, uh, um, yes. the, the bog standard, everybody needs a lone operative. Correct. Um, Reductive and Saboteur is an infiltrator, dude, one operative, lone. stealth, deep strike, exactly. uh, and then about 75 other special rules. All the special rules that Atalan Jack was lost, they found their home here. Uh, dude, so, uh, I, what a lone operative. 55 yeah, points. 55 uh, incredible. Points. Every rule. They're also, it's, for what it's yeah. worth, I think they're actually, it's designed fairly well that there's not a lot of incentive to run more than one, um, but the first one is great, which I really like. Um, so, main things here, uh, they do have one of those same demolition charges that the, um, the, the acolytes we were talking about earlier have, except this one hits on twos, which is a lot better. Um, and also, because it's an assault weapon, it means that this, uh, this unit can do things like advance in action. Um, so if you know you're protecting your backfield, you suddenly draw the card for investigate signals. You can rush them off backfield to go and grab that because they yep. can advance and shoot. They also have a little terrible indirect bolter, basically uh, d6 plus three shots, plus skill three at five zero one uh, with blast and indirect fire, but only twenty four yeah. range. It's it's Whoop there. Dee. You were never, dee. yeah. You know, I, I have not gonna lie, forgotten to fire this more often than <laughs> not. Um, it, it's nice that it exists. You're never gonna worry too much about it. Um, and then two two special rules. So Primed and Ready allows this unit to use the Grenade Stratagem for 0 CP, even if you've already used it, which yep. means that you can just always, if you're with an 8, chuck out three more wounds, on average, six dice, one wing, and four up. Nice to have. Nothing you're writing home about, but you would never complain to have it. And then Planted Explosives, which is once per battle, when an enemy unit ends a normal move, advanced move, or fallback move, within 12 of the Rorty Saboteur, on a 2+, plus, they take D3 plus three more wounds. I love this one. And there are no so other restrictions cute. on it. And um, is, is arriving from Dave Strike counted as a normal move? Uh, I believe so because the unit is always. I think the rule for reserves says is the unit is always treated as having made a normal move. move. So if someone arrives from reserve, you could pseudo Overwatch, just throw the bomb at them, right? Well, you could also regular Overwatch with another exactly unit. Right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Exactly so it's right. two plus to do D three plus three more wounds. Very, very powerful with lone operative uh, in the sense that you can only be shot if you're within twelve. So if you can just you know chuck five ish more wounds onto anything that comes near you, mm -hmm. um, there's a good chance that your opponent just won't bother shooting, won't bother trying. Um, 
the main thing to know with that is it's once per, you can only use it once per battle round, no matter how many saboteurs you have, which means there's diminishing returns in that if you have a little nest of like two saboteurs that are nearby each other, and your opponent throws the same unit within 12 of both of them, um, they're probably going to get both of them, which does mean yeah. that there is a little bit of uh, attention in running more than one, which I think is a good way to balance out this unit, because it's very powerful, uh, I think, for 55 well, points. It would uh, it's, be it's how, busted, how busted yeah. would it be if you're 165 points, you just have three of them seen together, and the first thing to walk into the zip code just takes 12 auto mortal wounds, minimum. Into the middle room Dude, and you freaking would. <laughs> and you freaking would. It'd be like, ah, you gotta move. Ah, you gotta move. Are you gonna move? You gonna move? Nah. <laughs> Mood blink. Yeah. Actually, uh, kill an army for fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Saboteur is great. Very big fan. Uh, the other lone operatives are the Sanctus and the Kellermorph, so kind of mm -hmm. like that general package. The Kellermorph is a 12-inch range gun lone operative, which is uh, yeah. a little bit of a nomble. Uh, I usually mm -hmm. don't like being within 12 of the thing I'm shooting with my lone operative. See, I uh, assumed... The Sanctus is kind of low impact. I assumed his lone op would be if he's hanging out with a unit. like Because he, he's supposed to be the inspiration. The whole premise is he's, he's the inspirational gunslinger. You know, I thought if he was within like three of a battle line unit, he got loaned off. Yeah, but no, I think the Kellerhoff is maybe playing for two, like two and a half editions of Sin now. Oh, absolute um, Sin, man! His gun sucks so much now compared to what his it used gun to be. is great if you can roll sixes. He has sustained hits D three and devastating wounds on an AP zero gun. So if you can roll sixes to hit and get D three additional hits and sixes to wound for well, for flat mortals, you know, it's great. I'm not that good at Warhammer, so if you spend two CP and have a you know a, a ridge runner, maybe that gun is good. Maybe. Or maybe um, just use it on 20 neophytes you know, and enjoy your life. I welcome you to trying it, Adam. Uh, please be my guest, uh, but I will, for one, not be partaking in the Kellermorph. No. But no, that's no, uh, I will not. very broadly, that's the, that's the cult set. There's a ton of really great units in here. Um, you can build a lot of different ways. I've seen 30 Aberrant builds that look super fun. I've seen yep. lots of neophytes. Um, there's place, like, you get some melee in this list as well, which is worth noting. Like, those Acolyte squads, definitely do hit in combat and you will charge things with them which is mm -hmm. nice it's always good to you know at least get to pretend you're playing that kind of game <laughs> um but you know it's it's a super cool codex i definitely for me it's the second best codex in the game right now um i absolutely adore all the design choices i wish melee was better but i yep. again i feel like it's because this is the white bread detachment the one that they've printed for everything to have a little yeah. bit and we've yep. got anointed thong coming that'll give me my aberrant list that's what I'm waiting for. Oh, do well. It, exactly right. It's, it's probably going to be like the rusted claw list that'll give you all the all the the jackals and the the trucks and stuff back, and then there'll be you know could very well be a Tristan Helix X one just for the yeah, the aberrants and stuff. Just thinking back to like the um the eighth edition, like not the Psychic Awakening, like the whatever the the one that had the Deliverance Broodsword and the Anointed yeah. Throng. Yeah, the yeah. Deliverance Broodsword was like rush you in trucks, and the Anointed mm -hmm. Throng was aberrants that fight on death. And I yes. can definitely see those kind of things being the baseline for new ones. And I'm very excited to see where they go, because the data sheets here have a ton of potential. Yeah. I like that this does the, generically, everything gets a buff. You can do all the cool, janky stuff. Like, it, there's so much tactical depth and nuance in this army, mm. but it also is so much easier to play than the, like, the Mirror Cults of the previous edition, which really did have, uh, yeah. like, the, there was a lot of, not a lot of fail cases, fail states. You, this army gives you get out of jail free cards, which it, helps you ease into that play style better. It really felt like you had to climb nine flights of stairs to get to the floor of the skill set of the previous build, whereas this one is maybe like two stairs. <laughs> you know, yeah, just exactly. Two it definitely steps. is a lot um, easier to play. I think there's still yeah. a lot of depth to it, and you'll still, well, the best players will still phenomenally outplay you. I but, think um, this the is the actual. 
I think this is the army more than any other I've seen this edition that demonst- will gen- gener- generally demonstrate generalship on the table um, extremely well. Like, when you get tap danced by a GSC player, it's because they outplayed you, like, legitimately. It they- definitely feels like all of these um, return to your opponent, return to the reserve at the end of your opponent's turn. Mm. So this army has them, Grey Knights has them with the generic army rule, and um, Deathwatch have it as well with uh, two kill teams, have definitely felt like the most dynamic and interesting yeah. to play armies of the edition so far. And I yeah. think it's a really cool mechanic in the sense that it rewards you for being active in the game Correct. rather than playing a very passive and sit-back game, which and I think always, is a lot of the goal. Always thinking, laying traps, looking for ang- looking for angles, looking to to pull and push your opponent in certain ways. I think it's extremely wide. Uh, it, like you said, it causes you to be active and like constant arithmetic. I really think it's exciting. Um, yeah. and, is, and as far as that, well, I'm going to pu- like pluck your brains in part two about whether you think this needs to be fixed because... I've already had some players out there saying that it is oppressive just playing against twice as many points as you brought. My, I played a game, so one of the first oh, like, uh, uh, games I played against it, my opponent described the feeling as claustrophobic. It did, dude. I've seen it on the table and people were just like drowning in waves. And then I've also seen people who are playing Death Watch with like 20 Desolators just being like, eh, I probably could have killed 6,000 points. It just I, doesn't I really matter. The first time I played against I played Death Watch <laughs> and I killed, I killed 4,000 points in it. And the rest I only didn't kill because I killed the blitz, exactly right because <laughs> so, they're just like eh, eh, it can have some more it doesn't matter <laughs> so it's it's really is like the there is the armies that have no freaking chance of handling what gsc is bringing um and then there's the armies that just handle it sitting on their hands and that really does seem to be the dynamics of 10th edition right now there um as the sun falling the have nots exactly the right yeah. there is a huge freaking cliff between the top three or four factions and then just the the peasantry or so to speak just the rest the rabble um in the streets outside the castle where all the riches get to, to sit at their long table. Anyway, um, I do believe this is an S-tier faction. I believe it's sitting one rung below Eldar in my estimation, and yep. it would not would Agreed. not take much. It would not take many hits to Eldar to put them on par. Um, well, what for it, me right now, Eldar are as much better than GSC as GSC are than Death Guard, and then, you know, you start getting a little bit more and more wow. Wow. I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I do think that Eldar is particularly decent at smashing GSC, unfortunately. Yeah, so the, there, there is everything that. Eldar does rips GSC to bits. Oh, the, the power geez. of the Overwatch is just too much right now. Ex- dude, um, exactly right. When you can just slap uh, down a... Yeah. Yeah, slap down the sixes. Yeah, getting two d three plus eight shots on your wraith knight into a twenty man brick is maybe a little oh, egregious. You think? <laughs> you think? For yeah, <laughs> absolutely diabolical. But anyway, mate. On that note, we will close this out. Thank you very much for coming on. Can't wait to do part two with you. We'll be talking about GSC list construction, what you want to see on your list, how you want to play, what's good against, bad against, how you want to wield it on the field, and just some of our musings and learnings on tenth edition so far. How many games in are you, mate? Uh, I think I played my 20th game this weekend. Nice. Nine, so on Sunday, nine days after points, I played my 20th game. Beautiful. Love to hear it. Well, I might you, play uh, so much more Hammer. Oh, <laughs> uh, wait. That good, old, that good old WTC grind. We'll get into it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, actually, we, did a, we did a practice weekend, and I started a game at 11 p.m. on the Friday and the Saturday. I'm like, wow. maybe I should sleep more. <laughs> Well, on part two, we'll actually pontificate about some predictions about WTC as well. Because, dude, it is the wild freaking West this year. Any, anybody could win because they've just been like, they've just hit the treasure trove of good tech that someone else might be sleeping on. But anyway, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Please go over and check out Stats Check and jump into that Patreon as well. You might see me there because I am a patron of said channel. I do enjoy my patronage and do enjoy the show. Inez, you've been such a gent. Thanks again for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you so much for having me, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I look forward to being back in a couple of days for the rest. Beautiful. Or 30 seconds for everybody who's on Patreon. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, you lucky dog. Or we're down under. Yeah, because well, it's not, well, it's just gone 12.30. It's just gone half past midnight where I am. So we your passage of time is fake and nobody recognizes it. Dude, time isn't real. Let's, and neither are pigeons. Anyway, see you later. Thank you for listening to Art of War Down Under. A content review podcast for Warhammer 40k. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.